Guy, where you been, man? I've been waiting around here for you, and this is, you know, this is an important part of my day, man. I, you're, you're, I'm missing uh, my pal. Where I, you been? Look, I, I apologize. I was sent out to get um, rolls and something called a brine bag. And I got to <laughs> tell you something, without, getting into, without using yeah. the vernacular, I'm walking through the effing Wegmans trying to track down brine bags. And, of course, you know, they have them in like a six-square-foot aisle that it's hidden from most Dude. I found I found of course then when you find the brine bags you can get the brine bags by themselves you can get the brine bags with the brine you got to be careful about decisions like that it's just it's a well, you, effing you disaster got, like I'm sorry getting out there it sounds it sounds like nobody's staying in for Thanksgiving and and when you're looking for a brine bag I mean is that is that something you can ask for with a straight face and is the guy coming back at you like you just came straight out of the urban dictionary well, I, I, I bet I I tell you what, I, I bet dollars to donuts, brine bag um, is in the Urban Dictionary. I can guess what it is, although I'm not going to get into that. Don't we have a guess we can go to to spare me you this? Know, you know, we, we do. So, yes, yes, guys. So um, I'm fired up to introduce Jason Spatafora, also known as the Wolf of Weed Street. That's Come right. Come on. Um, and and uh, also the head trader at, at truetradinggroup.com. And of course, the founder of MarijuanaStocks.com and a very big voice in the cannabis community. Jason, welcome to the show. Hey, everybody. Happy holidays. Happy Thanksgiving. So hold on. Before we start, so if we grew up together, I would call you like Jay Spatz or Spatz. What did your buddies call you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd love to, be, to sit here and be like, yeah, they call me Spatz. It was Spaz. Uh, or spin. I wouldn't go. No, see, I would Spaz? never do that. That's, like, you that's can't do that cool. these days no. anyway. Yeah, I, I, I know, I know. I, you know, it was a different time. I mean, you know, I was my my parents would let me ride my bike around the block at five. You know, Spaz Spaz from the movie Meatballs um, was one of the great characters. Uh, that was Bill Murray's breakout film for people that don't remember. And and remember when he was like there in like the the color war, and the guys were like Spaz Spaz. Spaz. <laughs> anyway, anyway. So, so, uh, so Jay Spatz so, is with us. Yeah. Jay Spatz is with us. Um, welcome, Jay Spatz. There's so much to talk about with, with cannabis and what's going on. And, and, you know, one of the things that, that I noticed you're, you're a voice out there on Twitter and on the internet and within, within the industry of, of, of reason in the middle of the sanity. Um, and, and I want to talk about that because the industry, not only are there, the fundamentals around investing in cannabis, but there's, there's, there's the hype, there's the euphoria, um, there are the opportunities, there are the frauds, there, there's so much going on here and people are passionate about it, man. But before we do that, um, I think you got to explain what's going on above your head. What, what is that? There's a picture. It, it, it looks like the last supper or something. I'm, the, I'm a little it, confused. It is the last supper. It's star Wars last supper. Uh, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I'm 40. So now I'm, uh, I'm going through that midlife crisis and I'm like buying <laughs> toys to, I don't know. I, I, I wait a second. Can, no can you just, Spats, can you just, I don't know if you can move the camera. I'm not making, I'm not looking to break your balls, although I'm about to. Could you just move it so I could just see the entire picture? Is that possible? Yeah, because, yeah sure. So, so you got some. Look at that. You got it all going on. You got the green thing. So where's, um, where's the Drew Barrymore picture? Like, I, I don't have any Drew Barrymore. I have an she, Andy. I mean, no, but she was like the, she, she started. I mean, she was like the big breakout role in Star Wars. Remember she got on the bicycle 
and she went off with that with that thing to the spaceship. No, what are you talking about with the the. It the, sounds like ET. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's ET. I, no, I think Drew. My, I, was my, it Drew Barrymore? They did a, a, a like a TV special um, for uh, Star Wars. It was awful. It was like on. It, it took place on Endor. I don't think it was Drew Barrymore, but yes, ET was definitely. My wife is scared to death of ET. All right. Wait a well, it took place in. Endor is that? I mean, I'm going to go off the rails here, Tim. But when I say Endor, what do you think? Endora. I, of course, I think you bewitched. do. And what's Endora's real name? Her real name is Agnes Moorhead. What does that? Is. What does of that mean to you? Is. What does no, that mean just, to you? One of the great actresses of our time. I mean, she was she was a great great actress, and she finished By her the career way, as Endora. Jason, bewitched. Jason, if, if first, would you rather of the afternoon? Um, would you rather, Jeannie? in I Dream of Jeannie, or Bewitched in, what, what, what Elizabeth was her Montgomery. Name? I, I Elizabeth Montgomery. Jeannie. Yeah. I Dream of Jeannie. Jeannie, Jeannie, that's fair. And why? Just, I mean, you gotta, you, you can't uh, just. You know, I think it's the getup, honestly. Yep. You know, like my, uh, my prepubescent self. Whoa, 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 man. Are we allowed All to right. say that? <laughs> I'm about to, you know. Okay, understood, understood. So, so Jeannie, Jeannie gave you something to, to, to some inspiration, maybe to get to, to the next yeah, phase I mean, of look, life. She's a, she's a beautiful girl. Uh, that's she it. Is. That's it. She is. Um, and Barbara Montgomery, I believe. Is, Elizabeth, uh, Mon Elizabeth Montgomery. Oh, Barbara, Barbara Eden. Barbara, Barbara Eden. Eden, Elizabeth. Of course, then, in, if you remember, Bewitched, <laughs> it was Dick Sargent and Dick York. There were two different. Why were there uh, two Dicks? Why were there two uh, me? Darrens? Excuse me? Two Darrens. Because the first uh, Darren had a huge back problem and he was unable to work, so they yeah. bring, had to bring in the second Darren. So, so um, and again, Barbara Eden guy or Barbara Felden, a.k.a. 99. 99. Yeah, 99. Barbara Felden, Barbara Felden yeah, totally. Agent 99. To yeah. Totally. I mean, there was something mysterious there. Um, all right. So, 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 Wolf, first of all, we get, again, before we get into the cannabis discussion, yep. um, Wolf of Wheat Street, I mean, that's quite a self-proclaimed moniker. Where, where did that come from? Um, honestly, I'd, I'd love to, to <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I first came out and I was looking at these companies, they were all penny stocks. And, and this is back when I had like a real job. Um, and I was like, well, I need to be under the radar and I stayed home one night and I saw a trailer for Wolf of Wall Street. And I thought to myself, I was like, oh, Wolf of Wall Street. I'm like the anti-Jordan Belfort, you know? I like it. It was just about like, uh, you know, saying exactly how I felt about a company with like no repercussions. And I was using people on Twitter as like boots on the ground to go see if it was like a P.O. box. I mean, I was paying people in Colorado like a hundred bucks on PayPal. I'm like, hey, go see if this is a P.O. box or, or a real company, you know? Right. Right. So you, you were there to actually be the anti-Jordan Belfort, really, you know, the, 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 the Oakmont Stratton, um, which arguably has been many of the early days of cannabis in terms of the fraud that's been out there. Um, your goal was to actually go out there and, and try to turn over rocks, uh, figure out where, you know, companies were real. And, and, you know, my guess is you found some ugly stuff out there. Oh, I, I for sure found some ugly stuff. Um, but, you know, really, the market was going to be irrational with or without me. And, right. you know, in that time period, it was more about finding something that nobody had discovered that had a comparable company that had just had this super hyper inflated uh, valuation. 
you know? Yep. And then jumping on it that way. But yeah, I mean, you know, to this day, I'm still discovering frauds, you know, just by the nature of kind of being in the business on the private side, as well as the public side. Well, I think we'll, we'll, we'll break down both sides of the market. And, and before we do that, Guy, when I, when I say um, Oakmont Stratton, what, what do you think about? What Stratton Oakmont, I think of a number of different <laughs> things, uh, you know, without getting into great detail. I think of like, of course, Stratton, you know, Russ Chairman, you know, I think. Yeah, of Animal yeah. House. I think Eric Stratton. I think, yeah, I think, I do. Uh, I think you know, I think Tim, going to yeah. Vermont and skiing, although I really can't ski. I mean, there's just so many things. But I think of what a farce it is that that little shit, Jason Belfort, what's his name? Jordan. Buttercup, Jordan Belfort. What's that guy's yeah. name? You know, yeah. he somehow associates himself out there in, in um, what was, what's the name? Lake Success, Long Island with Wall Street. I mean, it's, I, I, I would like to meet him one day because as, I, as I've said before, and I'll say here, I shit bigger than him, but we got to go to break here, Tim. Jason, thanks for, for joining us today and talking about cannabis on commercial break because it's, it's, it's a topic that we just can't seem to get enough of in the world these days. No, I mean, you know, I'm glad to be here, especially with, uh, two musical aficionados like yourself. Yes. Okay, let's talk about music real quick. So earlier in, in, in our smaller ca uh, broadcast, you said you're, you're 40 years old. So you're 40. So give me your, like, you can only go to one concert, band in its heyday, and don't say, you know, don't say something that I'm going to ridicule you about, like this. Well, Star don't tell Wars them what to say thing. then, man. So, you're asking No, I'm not telling them anything. Honestly? I think it would have to be something like Guns N' Roses because I think it would just be so wild. Well done. I mean, yeah. But you're talking about my heyday. If if you're talking about like any concert, I mean, you know, the the list is endless. But uh, you know, like, yeah, I'd like to see. I'd like to go to a. I'm not even a big fan of Guns N' Roses. Well, Guns N' Roses are like Bon Jovi because like that was like the time period when I was growing up. Um, yeah, and now that, I, I, that's a great call. Um, I saw Guns N' Roses on this last tour um, and never saw them in their heyday. And, and seeing Axel with cornrows um, and in one of those chairs when you've got like a broken knee or leg or something that you're like, limp, you're kind of rolling around in um, is hardly, you know, the dude that was doing the the snake on Sweet Child of Mine, yeah. you know? So it was a little disappointing, but it's a good call. Um, Guy, answer the same question yourself here, man. No, I mean, Zeppelin. I mean, I'm going to see Zeppelin. I'm going to see Skinner. I'm going to see sort of Skinner with Stevie Gaines when he came on the, when he came on the scene. Stevie Gaines or, 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 or Rowdy Gaines? How about no, <laughs> so, you know, Rowdy Gaines as opposed to uh, Rowdy. Well, we had, we had a whole conversation about the I know. swimmer. You yeah, you you had well. Rowdy Gaines is the swimmer. I mean, he he's and Rowdy Gaines. So it was it was Rowdy was the guy's name in Days of Thunder, but it wasn't Rowdy Gaines. It was you know, as Rowdy to, something. Yeah, and, and and then as opposed to Rowdy Roddy Piper, um, who, who wore who the kilt. Yeah, well, I mean, but he was dude. He was he was kind of a badass. I mean, he he. So here you go, here you go. I'll play with you and Jay Spatz, dead or alive, Rowdy Piper, and that's a good one because I got to tell you something. I don't know. I mean, you Wolf, go you're to your Google machine. What do you got? I, check it I think I think he's alive. I mean, he he made one of the greatest uh, scary movies of my youth, which was They Live. Really, the Piper was on the big screen. Interesting. Yeah. Um, 
I, well, I know, I know the Iron Sheik is alive because he follows me on Twitter. Yeah. And, yes, and, and you and all fired up about that. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> I love it. I, Tim I love got all fact. excited. Tim came in one day. He was all fired up. He's like, the Iron Sheik follows me. I'm like, yeah, he, he followed me about seven months. <laughs> so, so, all right. So let's, let's dive into cannabis. Um, there's, there's a lot of misperceptions out there. But before we dive into cannabis one more time, I mean, you know, we talk about the Wolf of Wheat Street, Jordan Belfort, um, and there's all, multiple movies that have been either built around this. There's obviously Leo DiCaprio, who I, I've got as big of a man crush on Leo as I can have on any dude. Huge. Um, and, and uh, you know, so love Leo. Um, so Wolf of Wall Street, but, but maybe one of the great movies of all time with a star-studded cast is the movie Boiler Room. 100%. Where the, the featured... Uh, firm that's supposed to be Stratton Oakmont is named J.T. Marlin, which is so good, man. I mean, talk about uh, it's, it sounds it, it sounds exactly what it was, which was a total ripoff of obviously J.P. Morgan or some Wall Street powerhouse. Um, and it's kind of what was going on there. But folks, go watch the I guess it's the opening scene, more or less. It's the scene at least where where um, Giovanni Ribzi, whatever his name, what's his last name? Yeah. Ribzi? Ribisi or Ribsi or Ribeye. Ribisi. Well, Ribisi. So Spadafora knows it. It's Ribisi. So, so uh, he's sitting there at his first meeting at, at, at Stratton Oakmont. Ben Affleck walks in. And the next five minutes of the speech is some of the greatest shit you're ever going to hear, including he's, he pushes some guys at the head of the table. Hey, pal, you're in my seat. And some other guy who's trying to brown nose up to, uh, up, up, to, up to Ben says, yeah, idiot, get out of his seat. And he says right away to that guy, like, get the fuck out of here. Get, don't, don't look at me. Don't talk to me. Get out of my fine Italian leather chair and just keep moving, Schlepprock. And, and, then he, and then he says a couple other, like, amazing now, things. It is, can I tell you, it, that is Ben Affleck at his absolute best. He's in that movie all four minutes, and he, and he, <laughs> he crushes. It's like Anthony Hopkins in Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. It's the same type of thing. He throws his Ferrari keys on the table. He's like, I got yes. a sick house on the North Fork. Yeah, no? yeah, yeah. He's like, who says money can't buy you happiness? Ear Look at ear. my fucking smile. Ear to ear, baby. Ear to ear, baby. Ear to ear. <laughs> And by the All way, right. Jason, we, any, when any time, you know, some dude comes in or, you know, somebody who looks like Tim and I always say that dude works at Marlin. And it's always, for some hey. reason, it always cracks me up. I mean, it is just one of those things I can't well, stop look, laughing. We, you know, just, just like, just like in, in the cannabis world, but, but obviously back to the roots of, of these, these perpetrators. I mean, you know, Wall Street's had a, a lot of bad, bad actors uh over the years and so we we largely look cnbc is uh make sure that these people you know don't come on air but um there's there's you know invariably guy and i will look at each other and say could be could be marlin territory um so so jason give me the setup for cannabis as you saw it and what got you involved in the industry uh, honestly it was really simple um you know i was looking you know I had gotten to the point where I was like, I need to start investing, you know, and um, my whole strategy was, well, okay, well, what's the world going to need in 10 years? Um, and this was spring of 2013. And, uh, you know, I'm home over the summer one day and, and now I'm like going through it and it's August and I see uh, Eric Holder 
and it's, it's August 15th, I still remember the date, right. are talking right. about how the DOJ is going to you know, lay off um, states that have uh, cannabis legislation on the books. And he, give, he goes by like point by point by point. And I was like, huh, I, I'm like, are pot stocks a thing? And I, I go to Google and um, it brings me to this really junky website called marijuanastocks.com. And uh, I was, hold on, didn't you tell us that this is your site? I bought it a year later. Okay, here we go. So perfect, right. si- perfect symmetry. Um, and I, 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 so I buy this thing and it's like, oh, payment processing company. I didn't know it. I was like, what? Well, how do you buy a penny stock, right? So I buy like 10,000 shares at like five cents. And then two days later, it goes up like 50%. And I was like, what, what the hell is going on? Right. I'm pretty like, good at amazing. This. this is the, yeah. I was like, the stock market is easy. <laughs> two days after that, it tanks 50%. And I was like, what the hell happened? Right. So I was like, it, it, I mean, I was really hooked there. Um, and then I was like, okay, maybe I just need to take my approach. And then little by little, um, you know, I started to get into the, the industry from like, you know, how everybody comes in. Oh, picks and shovels, picks and shovels. Um, and I was just kind of smart enough to realize that these weren't normal gains, um, you know, and then like Colorado went legal. At this time, I was like, I really need to, you know, get into this. I created the Wolf of Weed Street uh, Twitter handle where I can say whatever I want. Um, and, uh, you know, then it just kind of got crazy. And it was just, you know, the only thing that I had read uh, trading wise was um, Markets, Mobs and Mayhem by Bob Mendel. Yep. Who, yep. Who, you know, I had <laughs> longer story. And it was just perfect for, uh, for the applying these theories to cannabis, you know, and, yeah. and, and even today, like it's still the book that I look that I looked at and Animal Spirits. And I'm like, you know, this is the the only thing you need to read for going through this pandemic and going through like the marijuana sector. It's interesting because um, look, there, there are times it feels like the 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 community investing in cannabis, uh, at least in some of the faster moving stocks, are a mob, and and the the community on the internet around the hype, and and this gets to your anti Jordan Belfort persona. And, and also really what you know, I, I've, I've tried to do since I've been investing in the space and because you know, I've got a, a voice in the space and, 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 and is pointing out look, the dynamics on the macro story and the setup for cannabis are extraordinary. This is uh, a, yes, it's post prohibition. Yes, it's a generational opportunity to invest post prohibition. Yes, this is a uh, very, to be sophisticated industry that's just another consumer product that's going to go through all of the evolution that whether it's it's Cheerios um, or whether it's you know stinky flour from Humboldt County, um, it, it's it's all going to go through some of the same sophisticated uh, distribution, procurement, logistics, uh, big data. Uh, DTC, digital, you know, the whole phase of what makes any consumer product successful in the companies that really do this. So, um, but, but investing in this sector has been painful. And what, what, you know, give me your assessment of what really the, the hazards have been and, and, and give us your assessment of where it is today, because uh, uh, there's a lot of people that want to put money into the sector and, and rightfully are cautious. You know, I, I think it was, understanding uh you know so we've had three cycles really or or 
two if you want to look at them. So we had 2014 when the U.S. went legal, and and that bull market lasted basically from January of 2014 to April of 2014, and it just it imploded in you know in just epic fashion, and it didn't really come back till you know the elections of 2016, and then at this point, you know Canada was talking about you know going legal for medical. And we knew that 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 Trudeau wanted, uh, you know, legal for, you know, recreational. And, you know, so we saw this shift from the U.S. companies that were nowhere near getting, you know, their stuff together. Um, and then these Canadian companies that all of a sudden were big operators. And, you know, and then in this time period, it's like an arms race between them. Um, and people are just throwing money at them left and right. And as investors, you know, we were really excited because, you know, um, we we were just kind of looking at everything. And, and, you know, I look back at this now and I'm like, man, we were really staring at this, this market in a vacuum. Like, okay, I've got a million square feet. I'm going to grow a million square feet of cannabis and then sell it, you know? Right. And then right. realizing that it's not that easy. And, you know. So, so you're bringing up an interesting point. It sounds like you're talking about a point where, you know, as it started out for you, it was the concept of, of, of listening to Eric Holder and listening in 2013 about the opportunity that was ultimately going to be there in the States, uh, you know, for, for, for people that aren't dedicated or deep into the cannabis industry, there's, there's a, a handful of big legislative moments, uh, including the Cole memo, um, which essentially was, was, you know, the, the, the message that the federal government was going to leave the states alone to do what they need to do. And, and, and if they wanted to legalize and go through their own process, the feds were largely going to stay out of their way uh, as long as um, it didn't cross into federal jurisdiction. Um, so I want to bring it back, though, uh, Wolf because you have a case here where you started out getting excited about the U.S., but then suddenly it looked like the U.S. was reasonably far away from execution, but that north of the border, this, this market was really starting to take off, and you were starting to find investment opportunities in some of those early-stage companies. And, and the, I mean, those are, you know, those are the companies that later turned into, into Canopy Growth, um, but a Metrum Health, um, you know, some of these early stage investments that were, by the way, home run investments for, for people that were able to see some of the earlier players in the industry. Um, what, you know, there's this whole thing about investing in Canada versus the U.S. Um, help me break this down for people as you see it and, and why it doesn't have to be right or wrong one place or the other, but that the opportunities are different. And people really need to understand what they're investing in. Yeah, I mean, you know, when uh, when when people come to me, you know, even now and ask me about investing, I, you know, it's always kind of, hey, should I buy this Aurora? My financial advisor says I should buy Aurora. And I'm always like, my head explodes. Um, you know, I look at, I, and you were talking about this, I believe it was yesterday. You know, I look at Canada as a trade. I think that they've got too many issues with their government. They don't have enough dispensaries. Um, you know, like here in the United States, we follow, you know, for every 10,000 people, one dispensary. Canada is so far behind on that, um, that, you know, and they've taken all of this uh, cheap money that turned out to not be so cheap. Um, they don't, they haven't had a real place to sell the product in. They made huge investments in Europe. And on top of that, um, you know, they, they, <laughs> it's just a mess right yeah. 
Whereas, yeah. and I look at it as in a simple in a simple way, it's addressable market. We've got ten times the population. We we also have the catalysts, right? And that's and you know, look, if I'm a purist, right? I, I care. I want to buy something for a dollar and sell it at two. I don't want to overcomplicate things. And I knew what what drove the market beforehand, which was you know getting um, uh, medical pass, then recreational, which was C45. Um, and then at that point, it becomes an execution story. And the Canadians did not execute at all. You know, in the United States, we've had to play by different rules by the nature of our banking, by the nature of paying taxes. So they had to be fiscally conservative. They couldn't have an arms race, you know, like Cureleaf couldn't have an arms race with with Trueleaf just to keep something out of its hand. And they were just like, oh, we'll pay 50% more. Yeah, you're talking about a case where um, U.S. operators have been forced to have uh, both business and balance sheet rationalization. Not all of them have, but unlike, uh, whereas in Canada, it seemed like the early stage was um, growth at any cost. Uh, these were companies that were able to raise capital in a traditional stock market, both in Canada and then later in the U.S., which, which gave them all kinds of ammunition to you know, frankly, not be terribly rational when it came to their investments. Guy, jump in here because, you know, we, we talk about this on Fast Money. We talk about investing in cannabis. And, and I think to the extent that, you know, you've got questions about the industry, I think, I think you're representative of what a, a lot of the broader investor community kind of thinks about um, yeah. as opposed to guys and, that have been doing this do, for a long time. My, so my first question, you know, I'll let you and Tim talk about my first question, Tim. Where'd you grow up? I'm from uh, Brooklyn originally. Right on. Okay, so you're either a Yankee fan or a Met fan. Yeah, so don't I, give, I, don't tell me fan. both. I'm a Yankee. My fan. man, you're a Yankee <laughs> fan. So let me ask you a question. Here's my question to you: Is playing uh, for the Mets and playing in New York the same thing? You got to do this. You do this because I'm just single... curious. I just want to know what Jay Spatz thinks about that. All right. All right. If I'm a ball player, I want to. You know, I, I don't want to play for the Mets. I hate the colors. <laughs> I want to be a. I want to be a. I want to be a Yankee. I mean, he Yankee, hates the colors. I went to my he first Yankee game when I was three. I could never go to a Mets game. Dude, first of all, Spat. Hold, hold, hold on, hold on, No, what? I didn't prompt him. He answered it. Look, Jay my last Spats. name Spatafora. By default, I have to be a Yankees fan. I, so actually, I think there's a little more Paisan rooting for the rooting for the Mets. No, and, and you're also that's, a Florida that's boy. That's false. You're a Florida boy, and you're you're ragging on the colors of the Mets. I mean, look, the best football team in Florida is not the Jacksonville Jags; it's the Florida Gators. And what colors do they have, man? Come on, man. I mean, yeah. go Gators, by you the know, way. But, go Gators. But my wife's a Gator. My father-in-law's a Gator. My mother-in-law's a Gator. Right on. So wow, I, you've got good. I'm taste, an Arizona man. Wildcat. I mean, I don't. I, I don't care. Like, I'm not going to win. I'm, look, I can't win, right? <laughs> you just did win because you pointed out the, the, the fact that playing for the Mets is you might as well be playing in Wichita. I mean, it's not playing in New York. And I will tell you, as much as these Mets fans are, like, tripping over themselves because Steve, yeah, we Stevie are. Yeah, Cohen we are. Uh, is the owner. And <laughs> all, you know, magically, be? they're going to be, you know, the, the big red machine. People don't want to play for them. I'm telling you, they don't want to play tell in that shithole with the apple coming out of center field. Ask me, ask me to give you the starting lineup for the big red machine, the 75 big red machine. <laughs> Go ahead. Do your thing. Um, all right. Johnny Bench behind the dish. Sure. First, first base, uh, you, you've got – Tony um, Perez. To Tony Perez, whose son Eduardo uh, went on to a pretty good major league career, not a, a great – 
does great, great work on, on ESPN. Second base, Joe Morgan. Sadly, we lost uh, in the last couple months. Um, shortstop, a Davy Concepcion. Uh, at third base, hold on. No, it's not that tough. It's Pete Rose, dude, who, who played who played the hot corner for the Reds before he for went to – For a little to, bit. He was all over the place, yep. Okay. Um, in, in, in my outfield, my center fielder, how do you forget this name? Cesar Geronimo. Sure. And I think, um, yeah, Dan Dreesen was on that team too. I think D- Danny Dreesen might have been uh, – I'm guessing he was one of the first guys in for a late game defensive replacement at first base. But my outfielders, um, I'm flanked by uh, – George Foster, who might have been the worst Met sign of all times in right field, and a Ken Griffey sure. senior in in left field. So uh, that's pretty good, right? I can I can that's, name two Mets: Daryl Strawberry and was it Gary Carter? There you Gary, go. Kid Gary Carter. Carter wasn't a Met. Gary Carter was an oh, expo. Oh, stop! You know it. he played for the that's Mets it. for like you know nine weeks, and and the Met fans like, oh, the kid, he's oh, <laughs> the greatest of all time. It's such. I mean, the, the, you know, the, the right. Mets, you know, the Mets can rest their laurels on one player that they unceremoniously traded to, to the aforementioned Cincinnati Reds. Tom Siever. Um, that's I, it. That's I, the not, Mets. That's all, it. I'm History not, of the Mets, Tom Siever. Next question. I'm not going to agree to that at all. And, and as you know, the best pitcher in baseball pitches in Flushing, and he has for the last three years. And you know that. And that's okay. That's okay. But um, we're here to talk about <laughs> – uh, the no, colors. but I'm glad. Listen, I'm glad we aired that out because I wanted to know what Spats thought about these things, and he and he, you know, now I'm a, now I'm a Spats guy. All right, there you go. Right. Um, so Spats, give give us your your assessment of of uh, uh, investing in cannabis, both at the end of 2020 when we've had a big election run up, and you've also had a story in the United States, and this is where people are very passionate here in this country, uh, and but as investors. And they should be that 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 in, investing in 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 the U.S. names is really the the biggest opportunity. So why waste your time north of the border? And there's a lot of criticism about you know what's portrayed out there in the market, including on CNBC. Uh, and I have to say I'm 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 doing my best here, folks. Uh, but the investable opportunities that are listed on Nasdaq and the New York Stock Exchange are, are not many. It doesn't mean that you can't talk about these other companies, and we do, but I've, I've, I've gone off on a, a bit of a tangent here, um, Wolf. So what, talk, talk to me about uh, where you think the investment is now. It's been a big run. Is it, is it the wrong time to allocate a dollar no, to cannabis? Look, I think that if you're gonna come in, if, if you're watching this for the first time um, and you're learning about you know, the Mets and you know, the Yankees and everything. I think you got to yeah. go in slow. Okay. I think you got to, I think you got to, you know, tear into your positions. You know, like one of the, the things that I think cannabis investors get wrong is they say, Oh, I'm buying this. I'm, this is a long-term hold. I'm going to hold it for five years. I think, right. I think that you've got to be active, you know, in the space. Um, so, you know, like hold a core, trade a core, um, which a lot of times it doesn't work for people because, you know, they, they want long-term capital gains. My position is, you know, fix your position, put as much space um, from that uh, original entry and use the volatility to pay yourself, you know, throughout the course of a, uh, Interesting. Of a year, Interesting. Um, you know, so, so stay long you're almost, when you need to. You're almost throwing a little bit of, a, of, a, of an option strategy out there. 
um, which is at least, you know, the, let the volatility be your friend. Um, don't buy and fall asleep. Look, there are companies, you don't have to have been that closely focused on this industry and sector for the last three or four years to have noticed, and they probably popped up on a fancy avenue near you, a company like MedMen, um, who was a big fanfare, a lot of splash, a lot of arrogance, this and that, could possibly have been one of the worst equity investments you'd ever made in your life. Uh, even though uh, some of those stores are still operating and full and some of them aren't bad assets, but it was a company that was not run well. And it was a company that had a very poor capital structure. And it was a company that just as you were investing, there was at price of X, there was a dilutive share issuance uh, at X minus 20% and, and or as certain, certain uh, you know, parts of the operation were either being hived off or just frankly poorly run capital being uh, wasted. So the, the, the point is that there are some companies that, that actually you know, are, are, are examples of the concept works. Look, high-end Saks Fifth Avenue Rodeo Drive boutique selling, selling high-priced uh, cannabis products to tourists and people that have a lot of money to spend who are no different than people that don't have a lot of money to spend and also want to buy cannabis products. Um, but yes, I mean, that, that's a concept that, that works and will work and especially speaks to the branding and the positioning and the margin orientation of, of products, but it's not necessarily what makes a company successful. Well, I think you, you know, and you kind of touched on something without even saying, right. You know, a company like MedMen, whose CEO is Adam Bierman, well, he used to be Adam Bierman. Right. If people want to know why he uh, got the boot, I suggest you Google his name and my name. Um, <clears throat> what do you got there? Hold on. What, do you, what What's that mean? Well, when he was going public, all right, so this is some dirt. I don't think I've ever shared this really anywhere. Uh, definitely okay. not publicly. Um, so I met Adam at a conference back in 2015 or 2016. And I said, you know, and, I, and if you know me, I, I like I'm, I'm not somebody that goes out of my way to like kiss somebody's ass um, at all. So I went and I was like, hey, you know, nice to meet you. I was like, you know, I'm uh, Jason Spadafora, like kind of timidly, uh, which is, you know, tough for me. Not to like do. you, apparently. Not like you. Okay. Not, not like me at all. And I was like, you know, I'm like, I own MarijuanaStocks.com. I'm like, I look, I know one day you're going to go public. You know, let's keep in touch. And, you know. Because, you know, I just saw what everybody else saw. Yep. And I was like, can I have a business card? And he's like, I don't have a business card. So, uh, okay. So I went, I'm talking to somebody and he's like 10 yards away. And I see him and he goes and gives a business card to somebody. And I was like, "Interesting. wait till yeah. you go public. So when they were going public, you know, I knew a bunch of people. Like, you know, we know some of the, some mutual people within the sector. And they were like, Oh, MedMen's going public. You got to see, you got to go through their deck and everything. Like they threw in all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. So I went out of my way because usually I, I won't say anything. And I'm just like, stay away from this thing. It, you know, like the, the structure, the pay compensation, everything. And I just, I never let off. I, I mean, I never took my foot off this thing's throat. And then right. it got to the point where a private company that I was investing um, with was a vendor of MedMed. Um, and they were like, hey, they're doing all of this stuff. They're trying to 
give us like 50 cents on the dollar and they're showing me emails and invoices. So I was like, why don't you guys pay your bills? And I started saying it like very publicly. And yep. uh, they denied, denied, denied. And then they were like, well, we're going to sue you. And I was like, sue me. I was like, I'm not scared of you. I'm like, you're not going to, you're not going to scare me. I'm not some guy on some goon on Twitter. Right. Uh, I'm like, I got the receipts and he, you know, they denied it until like, I just kept on, I was just walking them into traps and then he eventually just had to resign. Um, wow. But, but, you know, yeah. but to, to the point, like you've got people in this space that want to be, they want to be a face, right? Like, so Adam Bierman wanted to be a face in this sector. Oh, I'm the CEO of a cannabis company. Look at me. Um, then you've got people like Kim Rivers from Truly that's like, no, I want to be an operator. I understand yep. the opportunity that is presented to me right now, and I don't want to mess it up. So in 2014, we saw a lot of short money, as the rappers say, and now we're seeing a lot of long money. Um, yep. and, and really, you know, that's how, you know, as a new investor, you have that's the approach you have to take, you know, like, and you've got to, I mean, you've got to go to value and like fundamentals and cap structure, and you've got to learn about all this stuff. You, you have to learn about, okay, what the difference is from a recreational market and a medical market, you know, understand what happens when you have changeovers, you know, like what happens to Leave, who dominates the state of Florida, which is a huge tourist state, what happens when they have recreational cannabis? You know, what happens to all of these operators when they're right. not paying taxes under 280E, you know, right. and they're just right. banged out, like, you know, you know, by paying taxes that a normal business doesn't have to pay. Right. You know? And yeah. these are all things that are really, they're going to make the difference, you know, and, and until that happens, you stay active. You put as much space between yourself and your original entries, because, you know, as fast as these things go up, we also have some of the most irrational investors um, that get scared, you know, uh, and, you know, they've got a lot of fears and, and PTSD from what happened in, in March of 2019 with the Canadian companies. Yep. Now, the, there's no question that there's a lot of scorched earth there and you're raising the issue of active management in a sector that's uh, always on the move, which is one of the lines I say as it relates to, to uh, uh, you know, the ETF world. And, and I, I think the other dynamic you're talking about is you know, yesterday's and even today's markets uh, and underlying uh, legislation and, and operating environments are, are gonna change. So a company like Trulieve, who's been you know, arguably the most profitable company in cannabis for a long time, um, has built a huge lead in the state of Florida, is very well run by Kim Rivers and co, um, is, you know, has to be planning for life where Florida moves from a medical market to an adult market. It's, it's clearly one of, it's a top three state in the country uh, yeah. right now in terms of the opportunity there. And I think the best management teams in the business are, 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 are doing that. Guy, uh, we got to get out of here, but, um, you know. I got, uh, I got one more question. I love the fact that Bierman got, in, you know, he tried to big time spats and spats got in his kitchen. Right, got, That's he fantastic. Showed him, he showed him, a little, showed him a little flatbush, man. So my, my last question, and, you know, because I'm always curious about these things because I have my favorites in my movies, but 
Who's your favorite in that Star Wars? Was it um, was it Hope Solo or Gryffindor or <laughs> Dumbledore? Which one did you like the best? Uh, you're, 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 you're messing with me, man. I he mean, is. It, it had to be Luke Skywalker. I mean, who? Yeah, Luke. Who no, how I can mean, I forget guy, Luke? I don't know if you know, my son's middle name is Skywalker. Did you know no, that? Dude, that's Come on. I, you're, you're, I, please tell me you're kidding. Dude, dude, the wolf confided in me a family tale here that I... I totally respect as a guy that went through a difficult process with, with my wife naming my kids. Um, talk about this one. Wolf. This there, is there is a funny caveat to it. So, so guy, before we go, you know, I said, uh, you know, let's name the kid danger. Let's have that as his middle name. I, you know, I was looking for fun names and then I was getting on the, the star Wars kick and my wife's like, if you want a star Wars name, Mark Hamill has to approve it. So I was like, come on. I, I swear to God, hand on a Bible. And so I use my daughter as a means to get to Mark Hamill because she's very cute. And so it worked. Um, so, so now here's the issue. My son's name's Alexander. My last name is Spatafora. So Skywalker would be S, would be his, his initials. And, and I was like, I'm fine with his initials being S. I go, that'll be a great like icebreaker in college. My wife, yeah, good point. can't be S. So yeah. what we had to do was break up his middle name. So he has two middle names. It's Sky and Walker. So Alex yeah, that's Sky Walker. fantastic. Yeah. I mean, somewhere Kenny Walker, who the Knicks drafted seventh, I think, in the <laughs> draft, which another disastrous Nick draft, is smiling. Because, you know, when I think of Skywalker, it ain't Luke, it's Kenny. But anyway, listen, I, I know Tim's going to close this out. Thanks for joining yeah, I, us, Spats. I, I'm going to close a lot it of out. Fun. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you that Luke Voigt peaked in, in 2020, Yankee fans, uh, and that uh, uh, Kenny Walker was, I think, the number five overall pick in that draft. Uh, in the same draft, I think it was Jordan's draft. I could be wrong on this. Um, might go down in history is it's it's certainly a top five worst drafts of all time by the New York Knickerbockers, but right um, up there with Frederick Weiss, Frederick Weiss, Weiss, you gotta you gotta put the V in there. Um, Wolf, this has been a lot of fun, and and keep fighting the fight out there because cannabis is a great investment, but there's a lot of people that are that are. Uh, uh, you know, not either doing the work or frankly are, uh, there's a lot of wolves in sheep's clothing out there uh, and you're not one of them. Um, so thanks for joining us. I I've never seen a Star Wars episode in its entirety. Uh, don't hold that against me, but uh, thanks, man. Good to have you today. Happy holidays, guys. It's good to finally chat with you. Happy Thanksgiving, Jason. Later, guys. See you later.